Uh, today we start this new series called Home for Christmas. And let me just tell you a little backstory about how this uh, came to me. And uh, I was on vacation, and uh, so part of my vacation oftentimes is, is real vacation, and the other part is work. How I many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You kind of have a workcation. And um, so I uh, was, was praying and felt like the Lord gave this statement for us as a church uh, going into this Christmas season called Home for Christmas. Just felt like he kept saying Home, home for Christmas. And there was a picture that kind of came to my mind, and a thought maybe more than just a picture, but... Um, how many of you see homes all over, you know, going up and expansion and all this stuff? And, and so I'm watching all these houses go up. And one of the things that I find in new communities, it seems like, but even uh, others, I'm sure, but people are constantly renovating their houses. Anybody currently renovating your house or upgrading your house, making it newer, making it look better, making it look fresher? How many would love an upgrade in your house? You just would love an upgrade, you know? And uh, so I find people... You know, oftentimes, man, so many people are like, you know, constantly trying to update your house and improve your, your home to make it feel more like home. Does that make sense? And so I was talking to my wife about this. I said, man, it feels like, man, it doesn't matter if you put floors in or if you put new paint in or you put all the design features in. It's like there's always something to do in the home. Anybody else resonate with that? And gosh, it's like, man, it just never ends. And, uh, and so I was talking to her about this, and I said, but, you know, I just, it feels like I'm trying to constantly get home and feel like it's now finished, but there's like this unsettling in me that I feel like there's something missing all the time in my home. And so I started to just think about this. This is what I do on vacation. <laughs> I'm thinking about all of this and uh, just started to really ponder this thought of maybe the reason why we may never feel like we're home is because we're not home. And I thought of this verse that Paul wrote, and I'll share it up on the screen with you. Paul writes this in Philippians 3. He said, we're citizens in heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. A citizen is a person who legally belongs to a country and has rights and protection of that country. Citizens adopt the culture and practices of their particular uh, nation or kingdom to which they belong. And Paul says, I belong to the citizenship, like my home is in heaven. This is where I reside, and this is where I live. And so I started to think about this, and this Christmas and this whole series is really based about this idea about I want to show you what it would, what would look like or what it might feel like for us uh, if we started to live in 2024 like our home was in heaven and our home was not on earth. Just think about what your life might look like if you began to remember each and every day that your home isn't here, your home is in heaven. Uh, the bad news is you still got to pay your taxes. I mean, you could try to write a letter and say, hey, you know, my home isn't here, but it's probably not going to work out so well. But Paul says his home is in heaven. This is not his home. And so while we live here it may never really fully feel like home because you're not home. And so I want to wrestle with this tension over the series. And uh, today, beginning with Advent season, it always starts with the four Sundays prior to Christmas. So today is day one of our Advent season. And the word Advent simply just means arrival. And one of the common traditions of Advent is to light candles, one representing different words. And today, uh, the first Advent candle is always hope. And so today, we're going to talk about 
hope. If you haven't figured that out yet uh, through the songs and some things we've talked about, but I want to talk to you about hope today. And I titled the sermon, Increase Your Hope. My hope and my prayer for you as we enter in 2024 is that it would be a season and a year of, of hope and that you'd have an increase of hope in your life. And so uh, hope, of course, is always future-oriented. Hope is where, is, is ultimately, think about it, what hope is. It's like, you know, wherever I'm going is better than where I came from. I have hope. Anybody want to have a, a better 2024 than a 2023? No, some of you don't. That's fantastic. All right, so uh, evidently you haven't been here before. We have a lot of new guests in the house. And um, <laughs> anybody looking for a better 2024? I mean, I know 2023 was fantastic, but are you looking for a better 2024? You could lose, yeah, that I, want, I want a better 2024. And so, and I want to enter in 2024 with, with hope. In fact, we said the word for our church this, this season, we said a couple weeks ago, we felt like the Lord spoke a word to our church to wait in eight. Amen? We're going to wait in eight as a church. Amen. Okay. We're going to wait in eight, church. Amen? That's the word from the Lord for our church family. And um, wait means hope. We're going to hope in our eighth year. We're going to celebrate our eighth birthday this season uh, in February. And so we're going we're gonna to wait in eight. We're going to have hope. We're going to trust God. It's going to be a fantastic year upcoming. Why? Because we have hope. Amen? So hope is where I'm going is better than where I came from. And the writer of Proverbs says this about hope, and I just want to know if you see this or agree with this. Uh, he said, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. The term deferred simply means to put off or to drag out, as in like a, a long, drawn-out process. Anyone in the room like waiting? No. Okay, everybody like it now. Hey, raise your hand. You're like, yeah, I just want all my answers now. I want my paycheck. I want it all now. Amen? Some of you are confused by the question. We obviously <laughs> have a problem today, church. Okay. Any of you just love the process of waiting? Okay. How many of you like your stuff now? Whatever you, you want your answers now, you want your wish list now. Yeah? Okay, we're with you. Thank you. Whew. All right. So the term deferred is to put off or to drag out. He says, hope dragged out makes the soul, the heart, sick. No one likes waiting, especially in our culture today, right? Uh, I know adults, we're okay with waiting, but our kids don't like waiting, right? It feels good to get what we want, but when our expectations are delayed for a long time, we can experience disappointment and oftentimes loss of hope. Hope deferred can look like many things. Let's say you've um, been praying for the salvation of a loved one and it doesn't come to pass. And time goes on and a long time goes on and years go on and eventually you begin to lose hope. And eventually that loss of hope makes the soul sick. This is what he's alluding to. In an agonizing job search filled with endless interviews and rejections, and you're wondering, will it ever come to pass? A long-term battle with cancer, a heartbreaking string of miscarriages. I mean, just think about things in life that you're waiting and waiting and waiting, and over time, when the 
dream doesn't come fulfilled, whatever that may be, oftentimes we can experience a loss of hope, which then makes the heart or the soul sick. As we hope for something important and it keeps being postponed, the longing can make our soul feel sick. Hope deferred can lead to depression, anxiety, and actual physical illness. I've experienced that before. You just, in life, I've, I've gone through this where your body can start to do weird things when hope is getting lost or things are getting deferred and you're waiting for something. And this is what the writer is saying. Now, just by show of hands, just tell me, because I asked you a question, do you agree with the writer's writings that says hope deferred does make the heart sick? Amen. So you agree with the word of God? That's good. Some of you didn't know that you did. You're like, huh. But here's why this matters. Why, why hope matters is what I'm trying to help you understand. Why we need hope is why hope matters. Because when we wait for a good thing for so long that the desire and expectation turns to hopelessness, we can become spiritually dried up and ultimately vulnerable to the enemy's attack. Many times, leaving our faith and trust in the Lord because we've lost hope. Often the higher the expectations, the greater the frustration. While getting what we desire can be an excellent thing, we must not allow the pursuit of the fulfillment to become a temptation to sin. In other words, oftentimes the waiting can get us to the place where it stops you and me from trusting in God. We lose trust in God. The relationship starts to suffer in our trust in God, which is ultimately the ultimate purpose of sin, to separate us from God. And so we can find ourselves in seasons of waiting, losing hope in whatever particular situation, and then begin to question God. And so all of these kinds of things matter, so therefore I understand that we need hope, and I want you to understand that. By the way, you cannot have faith if you don't have hope. I don't know if you know that or not. But the starting ground of your relationship with the Lord is hope, not faith. A lot of times we talk about our faith, trusting that what Jesus said is true, trusting in his word, but it starts with hope. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the evidence of the things we hope for. Your hope is directly connected to your faith. When you lose hope, you lose faith. Hope is necessary. It's needed. We need hope. So, I'll give you three types of hope. You can write this in your notes. The first one is wishful hope. What is wishful hope? Wishful hope is winning the lottery. It is not going to happen. It just won't happen. So stop buying lottery tickets because you won't win. I know you think there's a chance, but there is no chance. It's wishful thinking. Does that make sense? Okay. If you're over uh, 50, raise your hand. Over 50? And Okay, over 50 men. Over 50 men, raise your hand. Okay. The dreams of being a professional football player are dead. <laughs> no hope. Okay, stop trying to relive the glory days. 
You're not going to the MLB. It's done. Amen? Okay? There's wishful hope, right? Your child, you know, who, I mean, you pray every day, you fasted for them, and when they work hard, they get a C. Anybody have kids like that? Okay, you don't, they're not in the room. If they are, you can raise your hands, to be honest. And um, they ain't gonna be a doctor, you know? I mean, astrophysicist is not in their future. Anybody have a child you just know it ain't gonna happen? I mean, we're pulling for you, but Harvard is not in your future. Does any, anybody need, you need some honest parents in our culture today sometimes, right? That's me, I'm honest parent. I won't tell you which one of my children. There are some that have, you know, good, but there's a few that not gonna happen. There's wishful hope is what I'm saying to you. Man, I wish that would. There's wishful hope, right? We know that, we've experienced that. Second one is expectant hope. By the way, let me say it to you this way. Wishful hope is you plant no seed in the ground and you're hoping for a crop. It ain't gonna happen. All right, so expectant hope. What's expectant hope? When a woman is pregnant, we say she's what? Expecting. There's a reason to hope. You see? I plant seed in the ground. I'm hoping. I'm I'm expecting it to come. But circumstances may stop it from happening. So it's no guarantee. I have expectant hope. There's a reason to hope. And sometimes there's a good reason to hope. But it can't be quite guaranteed fully. There's expectant hope. And then there's a third hope, certain hope. This is not wishing or expecting. It's knowing for certain. Certain hope. When scripture talks oftentimes about certain hope, and if actually it mentions wishful hope, it mentions expectant hope, but when it anchors into, which we're gonna talk about, when it talks about hope in most of its context from biblical standpoint, it's talking about a certain hope. It's not wishful, it's not expectant, it's certain. It absolutely is going to occur. The writer of Hebrews writes this, This is from the Living Bible. It says, the certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for the soul. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard the statement that hope is an anchor for the soul. The writer writes this in context of salvation. Why is that important? Once we've surrendered our life to Christ and confessed our sin, we are confident of our salvation. Did you know you can be confident, certain of your salvation? We don't have to say, what if I don't make it? I hope I make it. No. I am confident I have a room in heaven. When I am saved by the grace of God and I understand who he is and I've confessed him as my Lord in my life, I am confident of salvation. I don't have to question it based on my earthly performance. I have certain hope. Jesus is God, he will return. I'm certain of it. I have certain hope. This is what the writer is wanting his audience to understand. It's not wishful, expectant. It's not has a chance of not happening. It is certain hope. The writer says that our hope 
in Christ, he says, is strong and trustworthy. Two Hebrew words, or two Greek words that simply mean to be firm and secure. It's stable. It's not going anywhere. It's not changing. And then he uses the picture of an anchor. You can write this in your notes. Two purposes of an anchor, and I'm in no way of claiming to be a sailor, or, but these seem to make practical sense to me. Number one is to keep a boat from drifting. An anchor keeps a boat from drifting. You drop it down. You've seen this show called Mighty Ships. Anybody seen this show? I'm fascinated with this show. Nobody's ever seen this show but me. This is pretty incredible. Um, <laughs> okay, it's on the Smithsonian Channel, and uh, it's called The Mighty Ships. You should check it out. It's all about life on ships. It's pretty cool. But I've been watching this, and you can see how these, these anchors get dropped, and the whole purpose is to keep the boat from drifting. It's amazing they can, what they can do to keep large vessels from moving even a few feet and how they navigate. It's just some pretty cool stuff, but it keeps a boat from drifting. If a boat doesn't have an anchor, what can happen? It can drift into rocks. Other boats ultimately lead to shipwreck. You know what I found out in life, I'm sure you have too, it's easy to drift. Come on, this will preach. It's easy to drift. We drift, we drift away from God. Many of you have drifted away from God. At some point in your life, you drifted. We drift away from our family. We drift away from our dreams, from goals. You had a vision in 2023. Do you remember that? You had a vision, 2023. Abs, man. I'm going to be running, you know, 10, 5Ks. I'm going to, you know, whatever you're, you remember that? Some of you completely forgot it. It's amazing. Man, it, there's this point where we understand in life we can drift. And the writer says you need an anchor for your soul. Because an anchor is meant to keep you from drifting. Because it's easy to drift. It's easy to drift in your marriage. You get married, you said, this is what we're gonna do, and then all of a sudden we start drifting towards other things, and we lose the priority of what we initially set out to do and begin to drift. We fall in love with the Lord, we have a relationship with God, we're saved by his grace, but then we drift in our involvement in community, whatever capacity that might look like. We drift away from our financial goals. We can drift. Oftentimes, the writer says you need an anchor for your soul. The second purpose of an anchor is to provide stability during a storm. It can help stabilize a vessel in the midst of storms. In life, we face storms. Many of you in 2023, it's really difficult and challenging in different circumstances, whatever may have occurred over the course of the year. Some of you are in a trial today. It's a heavy trial, no doubt about it. The writer says you need an anchor for your soul because the anchor is there to stabilize you. Now understand this, this is important. I think that when the writer uses the word anchor, this picture of an anchor, that the anchor doesn't change the, the sea. The anchor, the anchor itself doesn't calm the sea. The anchor stabilizes the ship in the midst of the chaos that's happening. It adds stability when you have a storm. That's why we need hope. Hope keeps us from drifting in life and stabilizes us in storms. 
And you know what I know? Everyone is anchored to something. Every one of you is anchored to something. For some, we, we anchor ourselves to other people. You know, I don't know what I would do without him. Come on. I don't know what I would do without her. And I know you're trying to be sweet. But, but I, I don't know what I'll do if I don't get married. I don't know what I'll do. I mean, you find yourself anchoring to people. You can anchor to anything many times. Looking to marriage to bring peace and joy in your life. People try to use careers as an anchor. Whenever I become A, then I'll, you know, like, they begin to use their career as an anchor. If they had no career path that accomplishments in their mind, they, their soul might get sick. Money can become an anchor. It's what we're anchored to, how much money we have in our account. You know, we, we anchor ourselves to that. And based on that number and that account determines our level, at least we think, of hope and joy. Ah, I've got security. I've got, look at that. Look how much is there. We've got security. False security. Right? I mean, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The market could collapse completely and you lose it all. Where is your anchor? The writer says. There's a hope that's an anchor for the soul. It's not about money. Some people have their anchor is intelligence. Now nudge your husband right now. That's the time right now. Just nudge him. But intelligence can become an anchor. You use your, you think your mind, your brain, your craftiness is what's going to provide security to your home and to your life. The intelligence becomes an anchor. The problem with these anchors is they don't work because they're all movable. None of them are certain. What good is a movable anchor? None. It doesn't work like it's supposed to. For an anchor to work, it needs to be attached to something that's both stable and secure. In other words, it doesn't change. Hope doesn't change the circumstance. It changes the view of the circumstance. The anchor is attached to the boat just as much as the boat is attached to the anchor. They're working together. In one sense, the anchor is saying, boat, I got you. Some of you need to hear that from the Lord this morning going 2024. I have you. I am secure, I'm firm, I'm not moving, I'm not changing. Let me read you the verse before this in Hebrews 6, 18. It says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. Those are two things, a promise and an oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. It is impossible for God to lie so we can have Hope. God can't lie. That's why he's a certain anchor for our soul. His word doesn't change. When we anchor to God's word, we can have certain hope, confident hope. We can be confident that he will do what he says that he will do. That's confident hope. The difference is an anchor, we know, is drops down, but our anchor 
Paul says is upward because we're citizens in heaven. So I've got to anchor in heaven. Amen? You're, you're, you're anchored to him, to heaven. So I want to give you five promises that can help you increase your hope. Now, these aren't the only five. Pick any promise in Scripture and anchor into it, and it'll increase your hope. These are just five that I've chosen, kind of not just at random, but prayerfully considering these. And so here's five. Number one, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Did you know Jeremiah 29, 11 is in the midst of a crazy storm? If you read the whole book, of, let me tell you something. Don't read Jeremiah when you're depressed. Some of you have, I'm telling you, don't do it. If you're sad, you're having a bad day, and you pick up the Bible, and it says Jeremiah, it is not God. Go somewhere else. It'll make you more depressed. There's so many tears and crying. You'll, 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 be, a met, you'll be a wreck. But in the midst of, of one of the darkest chapters in scripture, God puts this in, this verse. And it should change the way you see the verse every time you see it, you know, on people's walls or whatever and screensavers, whatever. Okay, it's in the midst of a dark chapter that God says, have hope. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So I'm gonna take the word hope, which really means confidence. I, it means I'm waiting confidently. I know what's going to occur. Abraham was given a promise that he was gonna have, which he didn't know, many children, right? But he's waiting for this child to come. He's waiting for his wife to get pregnant. But scripture says that he patiently endured. He didn't just do this. He kept... He kept working at it. <laughs> okay, so write this in your note. But he didn't sit back. See, listen to me. He didn't sit back. He knew it's gonna happen. I'm certain of it because God spoke it. So I can move in this direction. Scripture does not say sit passively with certain hope. No, it says keep walking with certain hope. You can always tell when somebody has hope by the way they walk. Head down, eyes up. Come on, body language matters. I have hope. Certain hope. Write this into your notes. I am confident he, being God, has a good plan for my life. Now, I want you to think about 2024. I am confident God has a good plan for my life. No, regardless of circumstance, the storm around you, I am confident God has a good plan for my life. It doesn't matter my age. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It doesn't matter the stage of life we're in. I am confident he has a good plan for my life. And when you declare that, hope increases. It reminds you of truth. I am certain. I am certain that God has a good plan for my life. I'm certain of it. Some of you need to anchor into that. Lamentations 3, second one. Yet I still dare to hope. I love that translation, dare to hope, when I remember this. 
the faithful love of the Lord never ends. I am confident he loves me. When you go through sickness, you go through trials in life, how do you not enter into hopelessness? I'm confident he loves me. Even when it looks like no one else does, I'm confident he loves me. There's so many scriptures and passages that talk about that. Number three, Psalm 62, five through eight, reads this. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock, where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. And I love this line, pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. We need to enter in to the new year thinking of that right there, that you can pour out your heart to him. Write this in your notes. I am confident he cares about me. And I put that in different than love in the sense that he actually cares what's happening to you right now. He's fully interested in hearing from you. He'll never not want to hear you. He might turn his ear from you because of what you're saying is the wrong motive, but he is interested in you and he cares about you. So when it feels like no one else does, he does. You can be confident that he cares about you. Fourth one, Romans 15, four. For whatever was written in early times was written for our instruction so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. How many would love to overflow with confidence in his promises? The scripture says, like this even says, that the reason this was written was to bring you hope. So every word in here, when you read his word, everything that was written in here is to increase your hope. That's why the enemy will do Whatever distractions can come your way to prevent you from getting filled with hope. Certain hope. Write this into your notes. I'm confident God's word is true. Now, you think about how that could change your life. I am confident that God's word is true. So whatever the doctor says, I see it. Well, hold on a second. I go read Isaiah. I'm confident. I'm confident God's voice is louder than any doctor's. See? I'm confident I may not be healed on this side of heaven, but I'm going to get healed one day. I'm confident that my healing will come. And I'm going to look really good in heaven. Have you seen my new body? It's going to be amazing. Do you see how that changes the perspective? Watch. It doesn't change the circumstance. It changes the view of the circumstance. And it increases my hope. I'm confident. I see the world around me. We got an election year in 2024. Some of you are like, oh no. Right? But I'm confident Regardless of who sits in an office, I know who stands on the throne. So, I'm good. 
Some of you got a whole bunch of plans in case the world collapses. Anybody know anybody like that? Yeah, you know anybody like that? Raise your hand, you know anybody like that? You know those people? Listen, that's good to be wise, it's good to be prepared, but I'm confident if all chaos abounds, my God still has resources to provide for me. Last time I checked, he can rain manna from heaven, he could do it again. I'm confident, amen? Now scripture says that whenever I give to him, he will meet every one of my needs. Is he a liar? Then why don't you treat it like you're confident in it? Come on, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not beating you up, I'm just asking you. If, you've, if you are certain what he says is true, he says when you give, I will meet every need you have. Are you confident? Because there's gonna be seasons in 2024 where you're gonna have to go, I don't know if I'm, con- oh yeah, I need to be confident to that. That's right, I'm confident in that. Confident that his word is true. There's no lie. It's impossible for him to lie. He can't lie. It is true. Well, man wrote it. All scriptures God breathed and useful for correcting and preaching and teaching of God's word. I mean, it's all breathed by God. You believe that? Are you certain of it? About eight of you are. That's fantastic. You're the right church today. You came to the right spot. Lamentations 3.25, last one, the Lord is good to those who hope is in him. Man, the Lord is good to those, it says, to the one who seeks him. Did you know God is good to those who seek him? What about those that don't? Anyways, let's move on. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. I am confident, write this in, that God is good. I'm confident 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 in God is good. God is so good. He is so, so good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. You remember the statement in the church, if you grew up in church, you know, God is good all the time. God is good. Okay. Those are, those are the church people who know that. The reason this all matters is, listen to me, right? Last couple thoughts. When we increase our hope, watch this. The reason this matters is because we increase our hope by increasing the use of his word. You simply increase your hope by increasing the use of his word. Think about how often over the past 2023, God's been told us to swing our sword and use scripture. I mean, we've done so much scripture talking about it because I think God's trying to tell us something. If you start using my word, your hope will go up. And know that it can be certain that this is true. And everything we've spoken is true. Hoping in God does not come naturally, by the way. It doesn't come naturally. Hoping in God, trusting God does not come naturally to us. For some of you, the best sermon you can preach yourself this week, maybe the upcoming year, I wrote this sentence, I am certain, I am certain, come on, say it with me, I am certain, say I am certain, I am certain. Now think about all the stuff that happened so far this year, all that stuff, all the things he said, all the things she said, how that dropped, how they treated you, what happened, blah, 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 you know, I know, you know, think about all the things. Now I want you I am certain if somebody's not talking next to you, nudge them right now and tell them to say, I'm certain. Come on. I'm certain. You need brave family. I'm talking to all my family. Listen, we need hope in 2024. So this is how we're going to start ending the year. I am certain. That's right. God will return 
one day and bring me home. And in his home, there is no pain, there is no mourning, no shame, no guilt, no traffic. seats. Come on. Just tell your kid to fly some. Go transport. I don't know. Fantastic. No pain, no suffering, no turmoil, no disease, no brokenness, no depression, no anxiety. Come on, anybody excited about home? See, Paul said, man, it's good for me to be here, but can I be honest? I'd rather be up there. He said, I need to be here preaching to you right now, but uh, when I die, I gain. Because I got an awesome home. I mean, I know you think Holti and, you know, Lenar. <laughs> That's a whole nother certain Okay, not trying to get sued, but I'm just saying. You think you got a great home, you should see the one that he's building for you. He said, I went to prepare a what? A place. You think he, he's a carpenter, by the way. Chip and Joanne ain't got nothing on Jesus. Come on, anybody confident to go home? Man, I'm excited to go home. It's going to be awesome. So you can start building now. My home's going to be fantastic. No, no projects in heaven, amen? Come on. Yes. All right, church, there's communion elements in your seat. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to close with this little song for a second. I want to invite you to grab your elements out. I invite you to partake in communion. Here's why. When we come home to Christ, we find hope. And today, this Christmas season, I want to invite you to come home to Christ. And he put something for us that we could do to remember him. And as we partake in communion, I want to remind you that there is hope in him. He said you could take of the bread. You could take your bread out said you could take of this bread and when you take of the bread I want you to remember me today as we reflect on the word hope I want you to remember that the scripture says he's the living hope Stop ignoring my phone. 
flesh and I'm going to start doing what you say in regards to my giving because I'm confident in you. Don't question salvation anymore. Some of you don't, don't question your salvation. Don't let the enemy fool you. You are saved by his grace. You are saved by his grace. You are saved by his goodness. He is his grace, his mercy. Don't question salvation. God can restore this marriage. Come on, declare it right now. I'm confident he can do that. I'm confident he can bring my lost prodigal child home. He can do that. I'm confident he will. I'm confident he will. I'm confident he can provide. I'm confident he can reignite that flame in me. I'm confident he can put that passion and zeal in me. I'm confident of this. I'm confident he can work out all things for my good and for his glory. I'm confident in his word. Confident, I'm confident, I'm confident. I'm not walking into 2024, my head down, my head is up, my eyes are up, my anchor's in heaven. I'm confident. My hope, my hope is in Christ. Sing this together, church. Oh 